is the Agship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn, creator of the Agship, a credentialed newsletter covering Utah State football, men's women's basketball, and Olympic sports. If you'd like to subscribe, you can go to www.theagship.com and subscribe. There is a $6 tier. There's a $10 tier. There's also a free tier that does get you some stuff, but most of the stuff is behind the $6 tier paywall. Um, and then the film stories, twice weekly film stories, as well as the monthly Q&A, which we got to do here pretty soon, um, are behind the $10 tier paywall. Uh, if you are interested, I would love to have you. Um, there is, I think, a monthly free trial on most of the stories. If you're interested in that, you can check it out before you commit. Uh, and go on over there and uh, and check it all out. There's all sorts of stories up. The cover story for this week is up. The stat book is up. I have more stuff coming here in the coming days. Film review. Uh, I've got some basketball stories on the way. But for right now, I've got a podcast. And I'm joined, as I always am on the podcast, by co-host Parker Ballantyne. Parker, what's up, man? What's up, Patrick? How's it going, man? I'm all right. It's been a <laughs> it's been it's been a busy couple of days. It has been a chaotic couple of days. Uh, we are here to break down a 42-21 to 21 loss for Utah State at San Jose State. And um, boy, is there a lot to talk about, and none of it is good for Utah State. Um, this yeah. is, uh, I would imagine that this show is going to take on a little bit different of a tone than the, than the shows that have preceded it um, by necessity because this game was not like any of the other ones that we have seen from Utah State so far this season. It was a loss, and we've seen losses. This is the fifth that Utah State has taken this year. The Aggies are now 3-5 and five, uh, heading into a, a bye week. Um, but this was a different kind of loss. This was not a 10-point loss at Iowa or... Uh, you know, a, a decent-sized loss. I think it was 18 points at Air Force, but you get some momentum in the second half. You start to see some of a comeback. Um, it certainly was not a seven-point loss to one of the best G5 teams, if not, I think, probably the the best G5 team in James Madison, nor was it a five-point kind of heartbreaker against one of the best teams in the conference, Fresno State. No, this was a, um, this was a pretty comprehensive blowout. Uh, from a a team in San Jose State that came into the game two and five, that had struggled to really get going, that had a lot of weaknesses that seemed pretty well suited, as we talked about on this podcast the last time we recorded, uh, for Utah State to take advantage of, and that was not the case. Utah State was briefly competitive here, briefly in the game. It was tied 14-14 in the second quarter going into the halftime break, but that was it. It was, it was really not, it was not the same, it was not the same kind of loss that we have seen. It was not a, you know, never stopped fighting loss. It was not a down to the last possession loss. Utah State went on the road and lost for the first time in 15 years to San Jose State, and it was not close. It was not competitive, and I think that that probably brings about a different, uh, a different style of show than what we have been doing in, in, in recent weeks, because Parker, there's not a whole lot here to talk about that is not pretty badly negative for Utah State. Yes, you are unfortunately 100% correct on that. Um, most of the people who listen to this show, I mean, you guys all know I'm a big, big Aggie fan, have been my whole life. I tend to spin things very positively for the Aggies. I tend to be very optimistic, probably overly so, to the point where it's probably um, borderline, if not just fully not the most professional way to approach my coverage, you know, of, of Utah state sports. I get it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an Aggie fan. I am. 
Um, this is one of those games that I got nothing. I, I There's no way for me to spin this into something that it's not. There's no way for me to make something here that was, that that's not there. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it is going to be kind of a different feeling show. The vibes are going to be different. It's a, it was a tough, tough loss to a team that, um, a lot of, a lot of Utah state fans, a lot of the students that are there now probably don't even remember the last time, uh, San Jose state beat us. Um, we lost in a way, as you alluded to, and as you mentioned, uh, we lost in a way that was very different than any loss we've seen so far this season. We did not look good um, on either side of the ball. We looked really quite bad on both sides of the ball and special teams making huge mistakes. This was not a this is not a loss that we just left the win on the table. It's not something that we just a few mistakes go the other way or the ball bounces a different way and we're right back in this this is uh just a very comprehensive loss it was it was bad and it was ugly there's not uh no way around that unfortunately yeah it was bad it was ugly um the word i used i don't i'm not usually on this show going to just quote from my cover story because that is uh, a, a level of self-congratulation that I usually will refrain from. I'm not going to do it here. I will do it. I do. I will do it briefly. Um, what I wrote in the cover story was because after the game, and we're going to talk plenty about Blake Anderson here, and, and I'm sure some of his comments after the game. Um, after the game, he used kind of his usual, basically the word that he says after every loss, which is that he was disappointed. Um, he said he was about as disappointed as he could be with how they played, which I would understand. Um, but, uh, what, what I wrote in the, in the cover story to read briefly is, is that, uh, this, this defeat extended, I think beyond disappointing. Um, this was embarrassing. This was deeply irrefutably embarrassing. It, It was, it was the kind of loss that for Utah State, I think really washes away pretty much all of the goodwill that they had built up. Um, a lot of the progress that it felt like they had made, improvement that we had I was seen and, and documented on this show um, that I've been writing about that people have, you see it, you, you, you know, they lost by five points to a good Fresno State team. They really, really took it to Colorado State. They had won two in a row. They seemed to be making steps in the right direction. Um, and this was supposed to be for Utah State and for, for what Utah State was hoping for here, uh, another step in that. It was it was going to be a chance to continue building momentum going into a bye week with a very workable, very winnable four-game stretch in the last month of, this, of the season um, and to, uh, to, to go into that strong. And instead, it was really kind of a... Um, it, it was really kind of a, a, you know, a casting away of all of that. It was really it was the kind of performance, I think, that for for Utah State and just for any program that, that suffers a loss like that, it's, it's one where you really have to look in the mirror. And that is not always a good thing in college football, in college sports. Looking in the mirror, doing some reflection in, 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 in this game is not, it's not always a bad thing. Um there are plenty of teams that have gone into situations like this and come out better for it. But this was one where the issues were not small mistakes mounting up. It was not one or two plays that defined the game. This was a, a pretty comprehensive 
um, just <laughs> a beatdown of pretty much everything that Utah State wants to do. It was it was at all levels. It was in all stages of the game, all phases of the game. Um, the offense never found really any kind of rhythm. Never really looked like it was all that comfortable. There were there were moments in the second quarter when they scored two touchdowns, but that was just about it. We're going to talk about that in detail, obviously. The defense was awful. I honestly, I don't have anything else to say about the defense beyond that, and we'll we'll talk about it more as well. But the defense was just awful. Um, it was just, it was like they didn't watch anything from San Jose State this season, um, like at all. Like they weren't prepared for the game even a little bit. And the, the offense had a lot of the same problems of just not looking prepared. Uh, the special teams were bad. There was a there was a fumble on the kickoff return, the first kickoff return of the game. It was forced by another player on the kickoff return unit. Um, there was several bad punts. There was everything. It was everything that can go wrong on a football field went wrong, and it is the kind of game where you just you wonder. You know, it's it's hard not to. You wonder where the where the minds are after this. You wonder where the team is after this kind of thing because it was not a loss to build on this it was a it was a knocking down of those building blocks it was a it was a, a, a it was several steps back after steps forward this was a return to even not even like a level that we had seen from this team this year this was their worst performance by a pretty wide margin this felt like the worst of last season and last season was really what they were trying to avoid this year um it was awful it was really 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 bad yeah it was and you know you mentioned last season um, just a fun little thing here worth mentioning last year, we actually did start the season three and five as well through our first eight games. Um, last season, obviously looking and feeling a little bit different than this season, starting the season with that win at UConn, losing four straight at Alabama versus Weber state and UNLV at BYU before turning around and beating air force, winning at Colorado state and then losing to air force or excuse me, losing to Wyoming. Um, I don't know about you. This isn't something you can measure as much, but I don't know about you, Patrick, or, or the other fans, the other people around the program. This three and eight start does feel a little bit, or three and five start through eight does feel a little bit different than the one last year. This loss to San Jose State as our fifth loss feels a little bit different than losing at Wyoming uh, with our third string quarterback last year. Yeah. Um, this feels, and, and like, let's, let's be, let's be honest here. Losing to Weber state last year at home was probably one of the low points of the decade of this program. Like there, yeah. there were very bad moments last year that were avoidable, but this three and five record, this loss to San Jose state, which we're breaking down right now feels very self-inflicted, very, very, embarrassing as you said is yeah. really the only it's the only word i can really use to describe it disappointment is how i have described the other four losses on our schedule so far disappointed is you know oh wow we were competitive at iowa or we looked good at times at iowa but couldn't get it done disappointed is not being able to pull off the air the the upset or the the comeback back-to-back weeks at Air Force and against James Madison disappointed is making just a few too many mistakes and not quite getting it done against Fresno. This is not disappointing. This is, this is embarrassing. This is a team that I think if you look at some of the talent on this Utah state team, I think they have 
two or three of the best players in the state, in the conference, in the country, quite honestly, especially with Ike Larson on the defensive side. Um, this is a team with NFL talent. San Jose State is not. I, I don't think they have the talent that Utah State has. That's why we beat them 10 years in a row. That's why we beat them uh, This is for, you know, for 15 years. They, have, they haven't beat us. Um, this is a lot more embarrassing uh, than it was last year. And like there were some embarrassing losses last year, but I think this, this point in the season eight weeks in is not where you want to be. Yeah. And last season's three and five, they got to it in a very different way. And I think that it felt different at the, at the bye week Like you, like you said, because of the way that it, you know, ha- like you lose to Wyoming with a backup quarterback with a third string quarterback, it, it, it happens, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things like they were still, I mean, they were still competitive in the game and it wasn't the, it felt like they were making progress. They had gotten some wins on the board. They weren't pretty, but they were wins. Um, the worst of it had kind of come and gone at that point. You had seen, obviously the loss to Weber state was a disaster. Um, the loss to Alabama was also not good. <laughs> um, not good in a very different way, but not good. Uh, the yeah, UNLV yeah, game, yeah. I think, is, is kind of forgotten at this point. It was not good. It was an ugly game. Um, and Utah State oh, did it not. Was, it was terrible. Yeah, did it not did not play well. The BYU loss was kind of, I, I think, was a lot closer to the kind of losses that we saw earlier this season where, like, yeah, they lost, and they lost to a better team. They lost to a more talented team, but they didn't look like they gave up. They were still in the game pretty late. They just couldn't get it done. Um, yeah, they were very competitive in that thirty, what thirty-eight to twenty-six loss. They were, yeah. they were competitive and looked engaged. They were figuring some things out after yeah. the, yeah. the and, losses before. And that was the first start for Cooper Lega, and so you're starting to you can you can you can see some changes. You can see the the changes starting to benefit the team. Um, this one definitely, I think the timing hurts. I think the way that they did it hurts and, and the way that they haven't done this to this point, they hadn't had a loss like this where they just didn't show up. Um, you know, they, they didn't show up for the first quarter of those losses and for some of the wins, but they did eventually step into the game and, and start to do some positive things and, and to make up some ground. Um, and in this one, they just never really did. They just never really did. They never really looked all yeah. that, all that engaged, um, I thought that basically whatever adjective you you'd like to use to describe this would be fair. I, I think they looked lethargic at, at, at a lot of times. I think they looked um, unprepared basically the entire game. I, I don't know that they ever yeah, looked prepared. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, uh, I, I I don't think I I don't think lazy is the right word because if you're out playing Division One FBS college football, it's not lazy. You're trying really hard. Um, but they, they just looked, you know, they were beaten off the field. They were really not, they, they were, they were out, they were out efforted and out, uh, out physical by a team that is not really, does not have really the natural built-in advantages to be able to do that in theory, which is why Utah State had won the last 10 games against them. Um, right. And yeah. it was, it, it, it did not... It did not feel like, oh, Utah State just lost to a much better team. Like, I think Utah State is a better team than San Jose State, and Utah State did not show up, um, was not ready for the game, was not up for the task at, at hand, was seemingly either still dealing with the the disappointment of the loss to Fresno State or looking ahead to a bye week, either of which is unacceptable. You only get 12 games in a year, and this is not a team that is exactly... 
um, free to spend those games. Those they're all they're all pretty important. This was a very winnable one, um, and to 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 come out and really just not um, really just not put up anything, really not put up an effort that was I think worthy of the moment is is very hard to deal with. I, I think going into a bye week, very hard to understand where that could come from. Um, and to be, and not to be concerned about it. I, I think that the, the concern, the frustration around this is extremely understandable and fair. Um, there's no, there's no excuse to have a, a, a game like this. I get that they're worn down. I get that it's been eight games. San Jose state also has not had a bye week and still doesn't get one until November 11th. I don't think, um, like, there's no reason. <laughs> There's no reason for that to happen, and I, I that is I think that is definitely why it feels so different is is the timing and the way that it happened and the fact that they hadn't done it before. This was a new kind of loss for this team, and it was much worse than any of the other ones. It, it definitely was, and it started, you know, where we're probably gonna gonna get into now as we as we look a little bit closer at this game. You know, we're gonna start the same place we have almost every game it started in that first quarter yeah um the lack of preparation is something we've we've talked about at times we've been very hard on this coaching staff and at times i think we've given them a pass uh because of the way that the Aggies fight back um and win some games that they you know fight back and win or come from behind victory or, or come back and make a game competitive um you know however it may be but utah state has only come into I think one game all year prepared to play. And that was last week against Fresno. Yeah. Um, Idaho state. We looked, I mean, we looked fine in the first quarter, but that's because you were playing a team that. Um, yeah. No, no disrespect to Idaho state. You, you didn't have to prepare and Utah state was just so much better that they were going to look good no matter what. Yeah. Um, Real quick. I do actually, this is a, a brief note of positivity. Uh, on, on an otherwise negative show, because I think that people will maybe appreciate this at least a little bit. I do. I got a lot of joy out of this when I saw this. Um, Idaho State is three and four. I, Idaho State has won three of its last four games and just uh, just beat Portland State on the road comfortably. And the week before that, it beat uh, Eastern Washington, which was ranked at home 42-41. That's awesome. I'm really, really happy for those guys. That is that is awesome. It does not take away at all from what you were saying. Utah State is much, much better than yeah. Idaho State. But um, just as a as a side note, in a sport that is supposed to be fun, and this is not a fun game to talk about, I'm happy for Idaho State. I'm really, really happy for those guys. It's it's awesome to see them having some success. I think that they deserve it. Yeah, no, that is that, that's true. You know, I I do like that Bengals team. Um, and you anyway. know, what? if you're not if you're not going to be going to San Diego to watch us play San Diego State in a couple of weeks. Um, the Bengals will be back in Utah in Ogden at Weaver State. Mm. If you want to go catch a catch yeah. another um, Idaho State game, if you're an Idaho State fanatic and you're really that into, <laughs> you're uh, still listening to the, the podcast. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> if we, if we, if you're an Idaho State Bengal fan and we got you hooked on the first show and you're still here, yeah. Um, hopefully you can make it out to Ogden. Um, <laughs> you're just for, waiting for, for us game. to mention them again. You could yeah, uh, come on, waiting. come on, talk about uh, Idaho State. Come on. There's probably some Iowa fans still, uh, still trickling through, waiting yeah. for that. Um, yeah, no, but yeah, good for Idaho State. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, not to Anyways, distract from the point. Let's get yes. back to the bad the first news. quarters. The, yes, uh, yeah, back to the awful, awful news of Utah State not being good. Um, 
yeah, first quarter, they have looked unprepared in every single game that they've played, um, barring the Fresno State game, which we talked about last week. was impressive. You were playing a very, very good Fresno State team. They came out prepared. They've proven that they can come prepared to games. I don't know what this coaching staff is doing to get this team prepared. We, we've talked about this almost every single game. I'm not sure what they're doing. It's not working. I understand it's the way that they play to try to wear you down. This is a fourth quarter team. I get it. You can play in the first quarter. You, I promise you, you you're allowed to play in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, and yeah. this is one of those times that we have talked about and we have warned if you wait until the second quarter to turn the engine over, to start the car, there are, there's going to be a time where it doesn't turn over. Yeah. You're still, you're not going to be able to start. If you're waiting to start the game in the second or third or fourth quarter, eventually it's not going to work. Yeah. This <laughs> is that time. This is, I think the first time on our schedule we have lost to a team that is just flat out worse than us. And it starts in the first quarter. Yeah. And, and some of the first quarter stuff of you know, it's a war of attrition. We want to wear them down all that stuff. I get it. The offense is not going to be at its best in the first quarter. The defense is probably going to have some trouble getting going. It's, it's going to be difficult physically early on uh, San Jose state. I, that I pay a lot less attention to, because again, they're not, they're not really bigger or faster or stronger than Utah state. If anything, they are at best equal. And I don't really know that I believe that. Um, I don't, I don't know why it has to be that way in this game. And, and also it's not just that Utah state isn't executing. It's not just that Utah state is, is struggling in the trenches. It's that Utah state is fumbling the opening kickoff and then throwing an interception on its first possession. It's that, that it just can't seem to, it's not in the right place defensively ever. It's it just right. the, yeah. the offense looks out of sorts. Play calling wise looks like it doesn't oh, of like, like all of this stuff is not contingent on wearing the opponent down. That's, that's preparation stuff. That's like game planning. That's, that's knowing your opponent. And yes. that was the thing that was really troubling to me in this first quarter is you have the turnovers, which are bad. The, San Jose State starts the starts the game with a touchdown. I want to talk about that drive in a in a second. But Utah State, yeah, yeah. Micah, Micah Davis uh, fumbles the ball on the kickoff return. He, I don't know who they credited. I don't know if they credited the fumble to anyone. It was Cole Joyce who forced it. He didn't do it on purpose, obviously, yeah, but no. he was yeah, he yeah, was the one yeah. who made the tackle. Um, he was just <laughs> he was just pushed into him, which is unfortunate. It's very unfortunate circumstances there. You don't see that very often. Um, yeah. Utah State manages to force a fumble. Beautiful Devin Die hit. Um, really, really pretty Devin Die hit. He did not have his best game, but he he did have a couple big hits still. Um, right. Utah State comes back out. Has a little bit of success on the ensuing offensive drive. Gets a first down, gets another first down. You start to see a little bit going. And then um, this, we're going to talk more about McKay Hillstead and, and about kind of the discourse around him. And I think we're going to push back on a lot of it. But I can't push back on all of it because this interception was a disaster. It is This is a bad throw. And he was under pressure. He was on the run. I get it. You can't throw the ball in that spot. There were three defenders there uh, and one wide receiver, and it was never, ever going to get through those three defenders. Yep. He was throwing against his body on the run into triple coverage. Dude, come on. I there's no there, You'd have to be a freshman in high school for that to be a freshman mistake. You are playing college football. You yes. can't throw that ball. That's yep. ridiculous. Yep. Just even calling out of bounds. Freshman, yeah. No, it's it, that one was terrible. As you mentioned, throwing across his body far far away from the pocket um you you take the sack 
if you yeah. have to, you throw it away if you can. Those yeah. are your options when you are scrambling. Uh, you throw it out of bounds or you take the sack. You do not put it no. uh, in harm's way. It triple coverage. It was. It was never yeah, gonna. Was be, it, it was never gonna be completed to anybody except for a defender. The best case scenario is that they drop it. Um, it was, yeah, there was a low percentage that it was even gonna hit the grass or the yeah. turf. It was. It was right to. Yeah. Triple yeah. coverage. That's it, what happens. When yeah. You and this is second and nine in the first quarter. There, you you are you are seven minutes into the game, on second yep. and nine. You're settling in. There's You're... no. There's no time. This is not the time to do hero ball. You don't need to make something happen here. Just live to play another down worst yeah, case for, scenario for a team that doesn't play with any urgency in the first quarter anyway yeah. why what's the what's the uh what's the sense of urgency what's yeah. the rush here on this play yeah throw it away try again yeah yep. don't just you just can't throw that ball and that is that is a that is a real concern because he does it too much they just just throwing the ball to to throw it um there were several times in this game and and i think this was really the only one that he paid for um he he was intercepted in the fourth quarter on a on a really weird play um that i don't know if it was entirely his fault i think there was a miscommunication with the route and the passer obviously the interception goes on him and and he is at least partially responsible for it and two interceptions is too many um utah state same as last year, just having a ton of problems with the number of interceptions that his quarterbacks are throwing. Um, I mean, it led the led the country in interceptions last year. I would guess it's probably going to be pretty close again this year. That is not a good trend. Um, yep. But oh, yeah. just just too many, too many of them. And and, and you know, running a, running away from pressure. I get it. You don't need to throw the ball. You don't have to throw the ball. Just take a sack or run out of bounds or yep. or slide. It just. There, if if you are on if you're on the run and you have to throw against your body and you are considering the option of throwing against your body, just don't do it ever. There's no reason to do it. There's no reason unless the the wide receiver is reading a book in the middle of the field. There's nobody around him. He he's got time to you know he's he's having some dinner. Like if there's a defender within forty yards of him, you don't need to throw the ball. the 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 outcome is only going to be bad in ninety nine percent of the circumstances. Just don't throw the ball. And Utah State, I think, has some pretty serious work to do with that because I think McKay Hillstead yes. is a is a very talented quarterback, and I think he had some really good moments in this game. I think some of the issues here, um, maybe even more than than some, we're going to talk about the offensive line and the offense in general. Um, I don't I don't know that I would put the bulk of this at his feet, but the interceptions, this one specifically, the throws into traffic that you know that that we saw throughout the game just not you just can't do it you just can't do it no matter how young you are you just cannot do that because these these defenders are not high schoolers they are good they will make the play they will go make a play on the ball they will not lose track of the receiver you just can't you can't do it you can't play like that at this level yep yeah absolutely that was that was on mckay um we've talked about yeah we we will We'll talk more about the offensive line as we kind of get through this uh, as we break down the first quarter. But that was um, that was about the worst decision I, I've seen. That's about the worst decision you can make as a quarterback is to throw yeah. throw that ball. Um, and yeah. of course, as we as we say, when you when you make that throw, it's going to get picked off. Um, it does get picked off, and we get it right back, which is which was great. Um, the game of hot potato that the Spartans and Aggies were playing did continue. Um, so after the after the inter- interception that McKay Hillstead throws, Utah State forces another fumble. It's second forced fumble and recovered in the red zone of the game. Yeah. Um, and 
yeah, so really kind of bailing out uh, McKay Hillstead there. We fumble, we get the ball back, and we punt. And yeah, that's when that's when San Jose State again tries to. It was actually a. Um, I, I I thought as I was watching, I thought that they got a finger on it. I, I don't think they did. They didn't mention it, and it didn't get put into the stats as a blocked punt. It was just a bad punt. Uh, yeah. Ryan Marks punted at thirty yards, um, so gives the Spartans really 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 good field position for the third time in the yeah. four, in the first quarter yeah they, they, and they convert it, that one to a yeah. touchdown in the first quarter they started at their own 25 the utah state 15 and then twice at the utah state 39 that's not necessarily where you want your defense to be going onto the field um yeah that and so, uh, that second touchdown drive really was brutal too because it wasn't just like oh they marched down the field really quick and, and put the ball in the end zone it was a quick sa- quick change situation they ran seven plays and took four minutes off the clock to go 39 yeah. yards that is yeah. that is uh exhausting as a as a defense to be in that situation yeah it was it was um as as we all i think anyone watching this game probably agrees it was one of the weirdest quarters of football i think you you put out a tweet on the ag ship podcast just calling it utterly bizarre yeah yeah that's that's how this was uh so just a kind of a real quick recap of that first quarter um san jose scores on their first drive they kick it off we fumble it they you know we we fumble the uh, the return. Yeah. Give it back to them. They fumble it back to us. We <laughs> throw it back to them. They fumble it back to us. We punt. We give them a thirty yard punt, which is basically just throwing another pick. Yeah. They score a touchdown in yeah. the first quarter. Yeah. No one wanted the ball. I think I, a couple of weeks ago I joked on the show that whoever plays Utah State should just force Utah State to score first. Just keep giving them the ball till they score. Yeah. Um, I think San Jose was trying to do that. And Utah State was like, oh, no, you oh, don't. No, oh, no, you don't. We know you're what you're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're we trying to pull. We see through this. <laughs> yeah, it was so ugly to watch both teams just try desperately to force the other team to score. Yeah. Um, that said, I will say credit where credit is due. The defense looked very, very bad. The defense looked very, very unprepared. That said, being able to be put in that situation, they – pulled off a couple really really impressive you know feats there with the two forced fumbles it could have been a lot worse that was yeah it is where where i come down on it is the first quarter could have been a lot worse if not for the forced fumbles obviously which is saying something that we we give up 14 and it was you know a sigh of relief yeah i think even the good things that happened yeah yeah, (laughs) right the the good things that did happen though in the first quarter were not preparation based they weren't i don't think they were coaching necessarily or at least coaching into this game no um it was just the fact that i think we have dudes on this team Devin die of course uh with that first uh, in, uh fumble who who forced the second fumble i can't remember it was tafisi um yeah mj yeah, tafisi so we have guys it, it was a really nice Devin play. Dye yeah that are just very very talented and very very good at what they do i think the first quarter just so just shows we had guys that are very talented running around, not knowing what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily, you know, the analogy or the phrase that people use, Oh, you know, running around like a chicken with their head cut off. No, it's, it's a bunch of ball hawks out there. Like these are talented dudes running around with out a game plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. They know what they to do. The they talent. just, yeah, they aren't they, being told to do anything. They're, they're just, exactly. they're just, they're yeah, just they, out there. They're just floating around trying to make plays. They're able to be put 
in the game with their backs against the wall over and over and over again and say, okay, like you put us on the 39, we're going to go get the ball back. Like that's, that's a yeah. really good ballsy, tough, hard nosed attitude to have from a defense, but eventually they just don't know what they're doing out there. Um, and they, and it, it wears them down of course. And they very, very quickly stopped looking as good as they did. And I think it was just well, yeah, looking and, good and, opportunistically, but yeah. they, they're a talented group. They are. And that's the thing with relying on turnovers as as a big part of your defense. And I get yeah. every defensive coordinator in the world always says, for the entire history of football, says that they want to create <laughs> turnovers, right? Which there's a whole there's there's a whole tangent that I won't take us on. Um, yeah. The the the, the, the discussion about the idea of of cre- of creating turnovers as a concept and how it doesn't it doesn't really work that way it is much more of a luck thing than it is a thing you can you can put yourself in in the right positions to get turnovers there are defenses that reliably have some of the highest turnover numbers in the country but utah state saw two of them this season and in, in you know iowa and air force i think james madison is up there as well there are defenses that are very good at baiting you into turnovers but creating turnovers just as a concept is is nothing that's not that's just yeah that's just the goal of football and it's just a guy making a play and utah state made two really good plays in this in this first quarter but when you are so dependent on that as a defensive like a hallmark of your defense Sometimes you're not going to get turnovers and yeah. then you are, then you're screwed. Then you have, then you yeah. have no yeah. other, pl- your, your plan was to make great plays. And sometimes the other team also makes great plays. And yes. when you don't have an answer for that, you are dependent entirely on them dropping the ball or on you being in the right place at the right time. It's not necessarily that Utah state is creating turnovers. It's that Utah state is benefiting from turnovers. And that is not, you're, 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 you're asking for trouble when you do that. And this defense has guys who are capable of creating those turnovers with their play, with great plays, with individual great plays, but you can't build a whole defense on that because then you're giving up, you know, a whole bunch of yards on a whole bunch of drives and it's not always going to sometimes they're going to score sometimes they're yeah. going to run and hold yeah. on to the ball and then they're going to get into the end zone and you have given up a whole lot of yards and you haven't really done anything productive and you have nothing to show for it because you didn't force a turnover which is the end all be all it's not right. a good approach to playing defense it's not the way you <laughs> the turnovers are a nice thing to have to build a defense around it i think is 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 pretty misguided and it seems like utah state has done that a little bit a little bit too much in, in, in recent years, even even maybe more than a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to, I, I mentioned earlier, and it sounded like you were in the same, the same boat here. I wanted to talk a little bit and then move on to the second quarter. I wanted to talk a little bit about this well, first drive for San let's Jose State. Let's, um, oh, move it into the second quarter? Or no, the first drive of the game the first... before we move into the first, yeah. before we move into the second quarter. It sounded like you were, you were in the same boat here with me. This first drive. Let's do that. I have one more note on the first quarter as well, but let's yeah. do, yeah, let's talk about this first drive and then, then we'll try to get to the rest of the game. I promise the, there was, there was more than the first quarter we'll try to get to, but man, there's a lot of talk. There's a, there's a lot to talk about, but yeah. yeah. So let's do it. Go ahead. So this first drive to me was was very troubling. Both both watching it live and watching it back, I saw the same thing. Um, yeah. And, and what I saw, and I I wrote about this in the stat book, so I have the specific, like the actual plays. I just went through and you know picked out whatever it was that they were doing. Um. And so 
th- there was this quote. We were talking about this before the show. Um, there was a quote this this last week, last Monday at the at the weekly press conference from Blake Anderson, where he was saying, I don't remember if we talked about this on the preview, but he was saying that Joe Cawthon, the defensive coordinator, for those of you who don't know at this point, he's the defensive coordinator for Utah State. Um, he he was Blake was saying that Joe had to scrap a lot of what he had seen and and what he had. Um, I don't know planned would be the right word, but but the ideas he had about the way that San Jose State's offense operates because the offense has changed some of what it does this season. It's it's less air raid. It's more they run the ball more than they used to. They use more motion. They have more two tight end looks. They they use the tight end more in general. It's a little bit more of a power approach. Not fully. They still pass the ball a lot. They didn't need, really need to do it in this game. They ran a ton in this game and had a ton of success doing it. Um, but it's, it's not quite the same that it has been. Um, and I think that that maybe should have set off some, some red alerts for us. And, and that is, that's, that's, that's my bad. I I should have read into that more than I did and not just taken it as like kind of a weird quote. Um, this is, uh, it's week eight of this college football season. As we're talking about this game, it's now week nine, but this was in week eight. San Jose State had played to this point seven games, six against FBS opponents, several against Mountain West teams. There are two games against Pac-12 teams. There's a game against Toledo in there. There are There's Boise State. There's New Mexico. There's plenty of film. There's plenty of film on this offense. I watched it. And I don't I I don't get paid all that much to do that. I'm it's not my job to coordinate a defense. I do it because I'm covering the team and I need to do my due diligence when I'm talking about somebody that they're playing against. I write 4000 word previews. I have to do some research on that. Um and there was enough in there that you could pick out pretty clearly what they do on offense. They they do motion. They use the tight ends. They run a lot of split zone. It's mostly a zone running offense. Um, they will then off of split zone. They, they like to send the split zone for those of you who don't have a ton of schematic background is a very simple play. It's a zone. It's an inside zone run. Usually zone, meaning that the linemen aren't pulling, they're blocking straight down. They have zones that they're blocking. That's why it's called that. And then the tight end does what's called a slice block where he goes behind the line. And he usually, if it's a handoff, he'll block the unblocked backside defensive end. Um, it, it's really, really come into popularity in, in recent years. A lot of teams have been doing it. It is not new. Um, San Jose State has been doing it a lot. <laughs> They're, they've been pretty successful with it. They have good tight ends, good blockers. They have good halfbacks. I, I think Quali Conley and Kyrie Robinson are both good players. And the thing about it is that it's very, it's, it's versatile because you can do that. You can do the standard stuff, but you can also include a a quarterback read on it where he reads that unblocked defensive end and he can pull the ball. If the defensive end bites down too hard and and the numbers aren't right for an inside run, the quarterback can pull it, he can run with it, or what San Jose State really likes to do is it can design a play where the tight end on that that slice block is never actually going to block the defensive end. He's going to look like he will, and then he flares out into the flats, the idea being that Everything up front, everything in the backfield tells linebackers to bite down on a run, to expect a run, to start filling run gaps, and and to start playing it as if it's a run. They're in the box. Nobody's there to cover the tight end. 
quarterback can roll out and get a very, very easy high percentage completion. The tight end can get some yards after the catch. It's a really easy way to get your quarterback into rhythm. Utah State has done it. This is not a new play. <laughs> this is not a new concept. Teams have been doing this for several years now. Um, and San Jose State's been doing it all year for a lot of yards and a lot of success. Uh, on, on, and I say all this to set the tone for this drive. Um, the opening drive of the game, San Jose State comes out, split zone run on first down, uh, which was, I think it was like a two-yard gain that became a 17-yard game with a, gain with a face mask. Um, they ran a wheel post combination route, uh, passing play. They had a quick screen, a halfback dive, uh, that play action from split zone where you roll them out and pass to the tight end that I was just talking about, and another split zone handoff for a touchdown. Um, Utah State, if, if, it is, if, if Joe Coffin has to scrap a lot of his game plan and start anew the in, on, on game week, the week of a game, the week that you are preparing to play for a, against a team. And the result is that Utah State doesn't know how to play against split zone, which is the base play that San Jose State has run since week one, two months ago. Um, somebody is not managing their time well. And I don't know if it's Cawthon. I don't know if it's Blake Anderson. I don't know who that falls on. This program has analysts and graduate assistants and people whose job it is in theory to do advanced prep you should not be making a game plan the week of where you have to scrap what you have seen before and come up with something new that's not what game week is for you've done this already that's what the last three weeks were for you're preparing for future games that's what analysts do that's their job and Utah State looked like it had never seen any of these plays before. Looked like it was completely brand new to, to see San Jose State running this. They've been running it for seven games. This is what they do. This is their base play. And Utah State just didn't cover it. Didn't. It was like they had never seen it before. And this this drive where San Jose State just marches down the field, just wide open space on seemingly every play, uh, no matter what they were doing, just wide open space. Chevin Cordero had a 15-yard run. He has a 7-yard completion. There's a 9-yard handoff, 6-yard completion, 11-yard handoff, 10-yard handoff. At no point was Utah State in the right place to make a play. This is the first drive of the game. You're not. It's not like you're getting, like... You know, you you might be you might be struggling at the line of scrimmage, whatever. Like I, I get it. You know, the 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 war of attrition, all of this stuff. Utah State was not prepared for the base play in the offense. A base play in a lot of offenses. Yeah. A standard play. One of the most common plays in football. Utah State looked like it was it was from another planet. Yeah. Uh, Joe yeah. Coffin's been coaching for forty years. What are you doing? <laughs> this is this is a play that you've seen in practice because your own offense runs it. Oh my god! This isn't a weird. Yeah. It's, what are you doing? And, and you know what? There there are a few teams. There are very few teams where you can watch last year's film and it and it works. Yeah. One of them is in the conference and it's Air Force. And Utah State wasn't ready for them either. Years. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know what? You're right. You could go back 50 years and watch Air Force film, and you're pretty much going to get the same thing as you're going to get last year. San Jose State is not one of those teams. No. This is not a team. They have different okay, players. If it's week one, I get it. You have nothing else to do. You have nothing else to watch. Go watch last year's film. Week two. Okay, start with week one and then work backwards so you have more, you know, a bigger sample size. It's week eight. Don't even go into last yeah. year's archives at all. You, you don't need to. Enough. You don't need to. Seven games is plenty. It's it's yeah, and It's plenty. 
it 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 boggles it really it it's really does boggle the mind. I don't know how that could possibly happen because it was not just San Jose State out executing. It was Utah State not being in the right place to play against the base play in the offense. And it was a problem for the entire game. I don't know who I'm more disappointed in, the coaching staff or us for not picking up on that comment from Blake Anderson. Oh my gosh. That was that was a basically him just coming up. That's coach speak. We we talk about coach speak all the time. Coach speak is just what a coach says um when he means something else. It's the it's the language that they speak. Um we had to scrap our game plan uh, because they've changed what they do this year is coach speak for, we don't know what we're doing this game. We have not watched enough film. Like that's what he was actually saying. And we didn't pick up on it. Yeah. Um. But I, I mean, this is, I mean, we talk about that freshman uh, freshman mistake from McKay Hill said, we talk about that being a freshman in high school mistake. Yeah. This is a freshman in high school mistake. This is you forgot to do your homework or you read the syllabus wrong yeah. or you did the wrong assignment. And you're on your way to English English class for third period, and you have five minutes, and you realize I, I did the wrong thing. I don't. I didn't do my homework. Yeah. And like the, Joe Cawthon is not young. He has been in the. He's been in the game for forty years. No, he's Blake not Anderson young. Has been in it for thirty. <laughs> um, and you, you know, you kind of asked into the ether. I don't know. You know, whose fault is this? Is this Joe Cawthon? Is it Blake? It's both. Yeah. Um, both are very, very responsible for that, but. Yeah, that that's bad. That's yeah, so bad that you even. I mean, first of all, that Blake is out here saying, "Oh yeah, we we don't know. We had to scrap what we are, our game plan because we don't know what they're doing." And then to back up that statement with just coming out not knowing what's going on. I mean, at least he wasn't lying. Yeah, uh, at least he was truthfully telling us that he did not know, uh, or that Joe Cawthon did not know what the San Jose State team does. Um, and and by the way, let's. Uh, yeah, I, I never mind. It's it's just bad. This is bad. <laughs> it's really, really, really bad. It's really bad. Um, and bad, bad look, bad look for the defensive coaching staff. And yeah, coaching staff. and it's been an issue. It's been an issue for this team of just like not really looking like they knew what the opponent was doing, um, or what they should be expecting the opponent to do. Which I mean. If it's a problem against Air Force, it's going to be a problem against everybody because they run three plays. It's not that hard to prepare yeah. for three plays. Yep. It's the same three plays. They just run them over and over and over again. <laughs> and that's it. And you can watch any, like you said, you can watch Air Force tape from 50 years ago and you'd see the same play. But in this case, San Jose State's not running like, you know, a spread triple option. They're not They're not adopting the Jamie Chadwell offense in the middle of the season. They didn't change last week what they're doing. They came into the season knowing that they didn't have Elijah Cooks. They didn't have a star receiver. They had a converted, you know, they they lost Justin Lockhart, who was supposed to be the star receiver before the season. Their top receiver is a converted quarterback. They made the correct assessment that they have a quarterback who can run and improvise. They have two really good running backs. They have a pretty big offensive line that doesn't really pass blocks super well. And they have tight ends who can block. And so they changed to what I would describe essentially at this point as the base spread offense. This is the nor if you are going to, if you're trying to pick out a default spread offense in current college football, which is hard to do. There are a lot of offenses in college right. football. Yeah. This is the, this is the base one. This is the one that you install on day one. If you just want a spread offense, if you're a defensive head coach, you don't you don't know what you want to do on offense. You just say, I want spread. This is what your offensive coordinator would install 
in the first week of of him being there. This is the first thing you would do. These are the first plays that would go in. That's what San Jose State's doing. That's it. They're, they're, they, they add motion to it, but that's it. It's just motion. And motion is not illegal. It's not a new thing. You can do it. You can have it. It's allowed. Yeah. They're not doing yeah. anything crazy. They're running a very basic offense, and, and, they, and they haven't been doing it that well. Like, it, it's... We're talking about a team... Yeah, they're 2-5 they're and five coming into this game. They... This isn't a team that's capable of doing something crazy on offense. It's not capable of, like you know, you know what you're getting into, or you should. Yeah, um, they're going to be okay at what they do, and they're going to do something pretty basic. You just have to watch the seven games before this and see what that is. Yeah, and and uh, I I pulled this number um, for the stat book, and I I think it is interesting, and it bears repeating, because we've talked about the experience of Anderson and, and, and Cawthon. I added into this the director of football operations, Scotty Conley, who has been around forever. Um, he was, uh, just for, for, if you know with this, you know, Scotty Conley was in, was at Texas. He was on the staff that was recruiting Marcus Dupree. Um, that was in 1982, that was a that was a decade plus into his coaching career. <laughs> These three have a combined one hundred and fifteen <laughs> years of coaching experience. That usually usually your director of football operations. I don't know exactly the the specifics of his responsibilities at Utah State. Usually that guy's job is to manage time. That guy's job is to make sure that everybody is doing something productive, that everybody on the staff has a thing that they're doing. If there are questions about what somebody should be doing, he's the one organizing it. That's generally how it works. I don't know if it's different here, but you don't have a guy like that around if not for his experience and his ability to step in and say, hey, we could be doing this more efficiently. Here's how we should be doing this. Here's how we should be managing our time. I've been a lot of, around a lot of coaching staffs. I've won a lot of games. This is what I'm here to do. I'm the I'm the experienced voice. And Utah State has three of them. It has a head coach who's been around for more than 30 years, a defensive coordinator who's been around for more than 40 and who's been a defensive coordinator for nearly 30 years. Where is the time going? What are you What are you spending your time on? What are the, What are your analysts doing? What are your graduate assistants doing? If yeah. not if not this, if you're not ready for the base play of an offense in one of the 12 games that you play in a season. I, yeah. Scotty Conley, by the way, worth mentioning, has head coaching experience. He coached yeah. for nine years. Yeah. Um, he was also an assistant coach at Texas A&M, Texas, Kansas, Tennessee, Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, and then Howard Payne and Navy. This guy should know what he's doing. He's Blake should know what he's doing. There's a reason he's here. Joe There's... Cawthon should know what he's doing. Like and somebody, one of these three should know what they're doing. And all three of these guys have worked together before. They were all at Arkansas State. They have done this before. They've. Uh, how does this happen? Yeah. How does this happen? Yeah. You have a young defense. What are you doing? The the. It's yeah. really hard for me to put this sort of thing on a on the Utah State personnel on the players because I don't know what you want them oh, to no. do. Yeah. It's obvious Absolutely. that they're not the, being coached or prepared. Everything they could almost. I mean, the players made big mistakes at times, but the yeah. players looked good. That's what that was my point with the defense. They they made good plays when when it was just a play, a matter of there's a guy in front of me. He has the ball. I don't yeah. want him to have the ball, so I'm going to put my helmet on it. Yeah. Um, that's a great when they're in that situation. They're good when it's schematics. They, they never knew where they were supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and that, that was my point with, you know, the defense and that's this whole team in general. I mean, we, we ripped into McKay pretty hard on that, that interception that he threw, but 
um, schematically, the offense didn't know what to do either. I mean, it was both sides of the ball. They just, this yeah. is a talented group that is being, uh, this week at least, was not led properly. No. We talked um, a couple weeks ago with that win against uh, Colorado State. We win, uh, what was the score of that? It was, it was like 44 uh, 24, I think. I think so. I have it right here. Yeah, 44. Yeah, 44 24. And we said on the show, it felt like we won bigger than that. Yeah. Uh, Utah State loses 21 to 42, and it felt like we lost bigger than that. Like, we, it, if it sounds like we're coming down on the coaching staff hard, um, it's because this worse, this loss was worse than it looked. And yeah. it looked bad. It looked re- um, it looked really bad, and it should have been yeah, it should have yeah. been worse than it was. And it is a we loss. were tied fourteen fourteen at the half, and it felt like we were down yeah twenty one points yeah, and probably should have been because there were two t- there were two there were two first quarter touchdowns that weren't that were taken away by great plays, and yeah. it, it was by the athletes yeah yeah by by athletes and, and it is just the 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 disorganization is is not. It's just unacceptable. It is just absolutely unacceptable. It is late October. It's late October. Yep. It's it, yep. you gotta you gotta have something at this point. You have to have a base that you are comfortable with, and it yep. just it feels like every week that base changes. It feels like there is no. There are times where it looks really good. I thought the Colorado State game plan defensively was fantastic, and I wrote about it. But there have been so many more times where it's just like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what they're going for. I don't know. I don't understand the decisions. And it's it's hard to even, it's hard to really even get to a place where you could understand them. Like like in, in this game, one of the specific stats that stood out to me was Utah State, I, I don't have the exact snap counts, but Logan Peely played 44 snaps, I think, in this game, along with the almost full game from Anthony Switzer and uh, and Tafisi. Um, and then when he wasn't on the field, they had some snaps for Cole Joyce, a couple for Cole Joyce, and a couple for Gavin Barthiel. So they went primarily with three linebackers in this game. I don't know what you could possibly have seen from San Jose State or from Utah State that would make you think that this is the time to change the, completely change the base of your defense after running from a nickel base for the entire season. I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. I just don't know why you would do that. This is not Air Force. They don't run the ball like that. They did here. The three linebackers certainly didn't seem to help in this game because you have a guy on the field for 44 snaps who basically hasn't played. It's week eight. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> this is this, not this the time to experiment. To they run a yeah, base this team spread. Needs to know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're gonna experiment, I mean, let me throw this one out for the millionth time on the show. If you're gonna experiment. Put Levi Williams as a, in as a tight end. That's the only experiment I want you running, Blake. That's yeah. all I want to do. That's yeah. all I want to see right now. Is it so much uh, to ask? Levi Williams as a tight end and or linebacker and or safety and or anything. Um, yeah. Get him on the field, not as a quarterback. Yeah. Um, let me let me throw this at you as my last note in the first quarter. I know we're we're spending too much time on this. We're gonna get I, the rest I, of the game. I, and I think we've mostly hit the defense at this point. The tackling was not good. They yeah. were not in the good they were the physicality was not good, the line was not good. All of this is true. However, it starts with a game plan that doesn't make sense and that should right. have been much better than it was. I think that that basically covers the defense. Yeah, so let's give the defense a break and let's uh let's jump on the special teams. Yeah. Um you are muffing a punt for the second week in a row. I believe, right? Or no, it was uh, the no, second time in three weeks because it was against Colorado State. Yeah. Um, they had that, the, that uh, punter that yeah. just does the crappy little line drives, which I love, by yeah. the way. I love that. Yeah. Um, and that was a weird one. If you remember, uh, you know, for the fans out there that might remember, it was a it was a play. It was a just a 
beautiful line drive punt. I wish more teams would do this. I wish Utah State would do it. Yeah. That just causes chaos. It bounces. It takes a weird bounce because a football is a weird shaped ball and it bounces into Xavion Steel and the Rams jump on, recover it, great field position. Um, this was entirely different. This was a normal punt. Uh, or this was a kickoff. This was uh, kicked off up into, I believe, Micah Davis. Yep. Catching it on around the five or the 10, if I am remembering right, if, if memory serves. And you're trying to run that ball out. Yeah. This is a play I hate. Yeah. I, uh, the kickoff, kick returns and punt returns are probably the plays that cause me the most frustration as a fan watching because it's just, it seems, and I, there's a reason I'm not a coach, right? There's a reason I'm sitting here podcasting instead of coaching and prepping for, uh, prepping for next week's game or, or San Jose or San Diego state in a couple of weeks. Um, it seems to me that this would be weeded out by coaching. Now I know Blake has talked about this um, because there was a, I, I wish I would have, I wish I could remember the game. There was a game a couple of weeks ago where we had a couple of these, you know, return from the five oh, yeah. didn't go anywhere. And he was saying, Oh, I thought we could exploit something. I think you it might've been the James Madison game. It was. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, you can't, you, you're not going to do it. We don't have Savon Scarver on the team. I love the athletes on this team. This is just a part of the game that, you're seeing less and less of um if you're on the five it, you should not be trying to return this ball yeah you and can... if you're going to don't drop it yeah they they have this changed, was bad. they this have was bad. changed the rules in such a way that you can call for a fair catch and get it at the 25 they don't want you to return the kick <laughs> the rules yeah, are, this, are this... explicitly designed that you don't need to return the kick unless it's a very short kick there's just not a ton of benefit because the 25 is a pretty good place to get the ball yeah, and, and this is, you either let it go and it goes in the end zone, most likely, and then you start at the 25, or, like you mentioned, because of the rule changes, you stand there, you wave your hand above your head, you catch the ball, That's and this it. is awesome because they can't hit you. Yeah. You're looking up and you don't know where they are. They can't take your head off as you try to catch the ball. You can't catch the ball and start to run and trip over your own player and fumble the ball. You catch the ball and give your really good quarterback and hopefully really good offense the ball on the 25. Yep. Why is that not the game plan every single time? This special teams unit has done a lot of good things. They've done a lot of bad things. It's it's wild this season. Yep. They've done kind of the best of the best and the worst of the worst. This is getting old. You have to know what you're doing on kickoffs and on punts. If yep. they're punting the ball and you are not returning it, get away from the ball yeah if you are if you're standing on the five you wave your hand in the air before you catch the ball yeah this should be game planned into these players this should be this should be taken care of again it's week eight yeah this is a mistake you should not be fumbling the football on your own player in week eight no no just doing that at all in division one football yeah. And, you know, it, it doesn't end in in points for San Jose State, but it is a the, these right. things accumulate. These mistakes right. accumulate right. and they they spiral and it, it, you can see it snowball. You can see one mistake lead into another mistake, lead into another mistake, lead into another mistake. And it just it just becomes too much. And this was more than a mistakes game for Utah State. But it is the kind of thing where, like, the risk reward of a kickoff return at this point for this team is pretty obviously not very good. It's not very yeah, high we, in, in Utah State's yeah. favor. Just just catch the ball. Just leave it to play another down. Just get the ball in normal field position instead of at your own 
at best 15. If he just was tackled and held onto the ball, you still get the ball at the 15. They are not good at blocking on kicks. They're not. I mean, good that's at essentially it. a 10 yard penalty. If you yeah. look at it that way, it makes no sense. Yeah. And, and I, um, I see, I saw yeah. this a lot just in college football this weekend. And it's, it's true on, on punts as well. Like, like, you know, get away from the ball. Don't let it hit you. But also if you are the punt returner, just catch it, just catch it, just catch the ball yeah. and call a fair catch. Unless it's at like, you know, right on the goal line, then don't catch it. That also drives me crazy <laughs> guys at the yeah. one yard line or fair yeah. catching the ball just let it go into the end zone what are you doing <laughs> you don't need to do that but like yep. just catch the yep. ball it shouldn't ever go over your head just catch it just just unless it's a line drive which doesn't happen that often there aren't that many teams that do it i agree i think it's really smart because the punt coverage team can see the ball and the punt return team can't it's a very simple math problem um, yeah it's uh, it's genius yeah i don't know why no one does and you can't possibly fumble on a punt return on a punt on a, if you're covering if you you can't fumble if you touch it it's dead and so it's not like if it hits one of your guys it's a big deal you just it's down um yeah. and yep. uh, but but just worst case you give them five ten yards yeah but as a as a kickoff returner as a punt returner at this point for utah state micah davis has to be informed like just just get it to the 25 just fair catch it or let it go into the end zone and set the offense up with normal field position this There's, is a team that can't even protect its own quarterback. Why, yeah. you know, why does the special teams think it can protect a punt returner? Yeah. And it, it's, it, it's it, not a good blocking team right now. No. And it's, it's been bad and it's just, there's no reason to keep doing it. There's really, really no reason to keep doing it. They're not going to yep. return one. They're just not. The yep. blocking is not there. I think Micah Davis is a really, really phenomenal athlete. He can't do it on his own. And the numbers are just not in his favor. And the, the special teams yep. were bad I agree. here. I agree with that. The defense was bad here. The second quarter. Now that we're an hour yeah, into the pod, into the podcast, oh, all um, right. Deep breath. Moving on. Deep breath. The second quarter was the quarter that had some things going for Utah State, and you could see this what this what this could be. What it was maybe. I I hesitate to say what it was supposed to be. What in theory it should have been. Um, where Utah State starts the drive at the end of the first quarter. Uh, gets a third and six. McKay Hillstead has a really nice completion to Micah Davis, moves the chain 16 yards. They go into the second quarter, and this drive just keeps on churning. They just keep making plays. You know, you, you get a uh, you, you get a third and five. McKay runs for four yards, and then on fourth down, they do another one of those halfback insert quarterback dives. I like that play a lot. I think it works really well. I think they've yeah. been doing pretty well with it. They move the chain, five-yard gain. Um, I thought McKay was really good as a runner on this drive. I thought he did a really good job of not putting the ball into harm's way. He just, if it wasn't there, he just ran and they had a couple designed ones for him, but like, he's pretty quick. He's, he's, he's a faster, he's one of the faster quarterbacks you'll see. Um, he can run. And, and I was, I was glad to see him do it. He kept, he kept the drive moving forward and then they get down deeper into San Jose state territory and they just start moving the ball. And, and Roswell Faison goes for 13 yards, goes for three yards um, McKay completes a 12 yard pass, another really nice pass to Brock Lane across the middle. And then Rasul runs for a five yard touchdown. I will note these are th- those three carries that I just said are half of his touches for the game. Um, that's he, yeah. he, he had three more uh, for the rest of the game, yeah. which 
You weren't blocking Sums them. Up. You, the pass blocking was not happening anyway. You might as well just put them out there. Um, it's, it's if it's a if it's a a moot point anyway. Probably should have more than six carries at this point, given that he was the one who was effective. Yet yeah. I think thirty six yards on six carries. Um, but they they get in the end zone. Good drive. I think really good drive. Uh, a lot of the stuff that they want to have here. Not the fastest drive in the world uh, relative to Utah State. Four minutes over seventy five plays and twelve yards. But you'll take it. It's a really good establishing drive. And then the defense, in a very roundabout way, takes its time, but eventually holds. Um, yeah, gives up one of those really long, frustrating third down conversions. But uh, San Jose State gets down to the 19, and then the defense steps up, makes some plays. Um, Key and Sloan had a great sack, moving back six yards. They also took a false yep. start, uh, incomplete pass on third down, and then they missed the kick. Utah State's offense comes back out, has I think probably its best drive of the game. I, I would say. Um, yeah, the most most Utah State drive for sure. This yeah. was where they looked at their at their most themselves the most uh, yeah and you know, it, you're getting to it but a, basically a two-minute drive that that felt very utah state yeah and it felt like they were getting into some you know the stuff that they want to do it felt like they were making they were making progress and they were getting going they were finding a rhythm you yeah. have a second and nine completion to micah davis who was really good within the offense when they threw to him he had 11 uh, 11 yards on that play move the chains yeah. uh six yard completion to davon booth um, you get uh, a couple other nice plays, five-yard run, five-yard completion, 17-yard run for Davon Booth, one of the best runs of the game, if not the best for Utah State. I don't remember if there was another one that was longer than that. And then it ends on second and 11 with a 25-yard touchdown pass to Micah Davis on a post. He was open, ball was in the right place, good pass, yep. good good, uh, good score, good play. Game is tied. Um, and this is, this is what Utah State once this is the idea is right, that you right. can you can you can move down the field and even if you do it really quickly your defense will have a chance to recuperate and the other team will be worn down and so the time that you took the fact that it wasn't a long winding drive won't matter because the other team will still be fatigued and yeah, yeah. then you see the defense making plays you see San Jose State come out get a nice play on first down but then you get a tackle for loss on a completion and a three-yard loss. You get a sack, and you get a punt. And Utah State gets back onto the field with its offense with two minutes left. This is where they have been. This is what they have done is you get the middle eight, and they just they just deliver this this one-two punch, right, where they, they love to defer and, at, the, at the start of the game and then get the ball coming out of the half because this is what they want. They want to get the ball with yeah. about two minutes left, drive the yep. field, put points on the board and then come out of the half and put more points on the board. It's really, and, really and this hard is, for an opponent to deal with that. Um, that's it's the idea. a huge thing. I mean, if you watch uh, at the pro level, which as you know, if you listen to the show, I don't do very often, but yeah. this is something that like, if you watch the Manning cast, the Mannings are huge fans of this. Like they're, this is um, Tom Brady has talked about it. Like this is a, it's huge to control the middle of the game like that. It's not just, it's not just me and you talking about that. It's not just a Blake Anderson thing. Um, it's no. huge when you can do it. And Utah State does it really well very often. Yeah. Yeah. This is a stat on gameonpaper.com. Like this is as specific as the middle eight success rate. Like it's a thing. It's yeah. not just us talking about this. This is a real thing. Yeah. Um, this isn't a Blake Anderson uh, invention. This is. No, it's, yeah. it's just, it's, <laughs> it's the nature thing. of the game. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's yeah. demoralizing to give up a touchdown going into the half, come out of the half and then give up another touchdown. That's, that's 14 points unanswered that you couldn't answer. It's hard to deal yeah, with that. Yeah. It's the only time in football where you can have the ball, you know, two, two possessions well, without 
something weird happening. Yeah, it's the only time in football, By unless design. you're playing against Utah State, where you can have back-to-back possessions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, pretty yeah. much. But so Utah State gets gets set up here. I think things are at this point. It feels like going pretty well. It seems like they're going to be they're they're going to do what they do, right? They're they're going to get into the game. They're going to get the lead going into the half. They're going to come out. They're going to establish themselves, and they'll pull away. This is what they've done. This is they. This has been the uh, the approach. And sometimes it's worked, and other times it hasn't worked quite as well. But they've been good at this. This is why they defer. Um, and instead, this this drive starting with the the two thirteen mark is just completely blown up by I think the next big thing that we that we should talk about here, um, an offensive line that just did not look interested in playing at this point um the the offensive line on this drive it had not been good through the first half but it had been workable they scored two touchdowns it was not the end of the world um you know it it was it was it was not amazing but it was fine on this drive you see a halfback screen that was blown up because utah state it had numbers it had it had it completely had numbers it was ready to go and had three downfield blockers who just needed to get two blocks to spring Robert Briggs on this screen. They got zero. Nobody made any blocks, and it gets blown up after one yard. Second down, uh, McKay Hillstead is is heavily pressured from a four-man rush, sprints out to his right, uh, throws a ball down the field on the run to Micah Davis. Almost got him. Uh, ball was underthrown because he was on the run, and it was quite a ways down the field but uh incomplete on second and nine and then third and nine is a uh, a handoff of the middle that was never going anywhere the line this is the point where the line just becomes a a a world eating problem for the utah state offense and it never ever figured it out um san jose state completely blew up this drive in the trenches and utah state's offensive line really never fought back uh yeah this was I mean, this is one of the things that we we could talk about a lot, just that offensive line. Um, they have found different ways throughout this season to stall out drives, to yeah. cause problems. They, whether it's, you know, at its best, it's a false start when you really, really don't need a false start. And yeah. at its worst, it's a um, hitting a defenseless player when the ball's been out and you're taking away, wiping yeah. off a 20-yard pass. Or um, in this game, for an example, it's a 37-yard completion on third and nine that comes back because of a holding. Um, things like that. Yeah. Just, just little, you know. Yeah, you know, just little things like, stuff that. like that. You know, little 47-yard swing. What's a what's a 47-yard swing among friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's been this has been an issue. It's continuing to be an issue. I don't want. I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy to just throw your hands up and say, this is what it is. This is going to be an issue all year. Yeah. Uh, this is an issue that I don't think can be fixed by coaching alone. There are guys that I think are improving on that offensive line. Um, but this is something that's going to have to be fixed over the offseason on the recruiting trail. Um, there are serious, serious issues on that offensive line. Um, it starts up front. Let me throw it out there. That's my, you know, we, we say it every game or we say it every show. Um, yeah. Not a lot going on on this offensive line, and it's making it very, very difficult for whoever the quarterback is. Yeah, I know there's people out there that want us to talk one way or another about one quarterback or the other. The truth is, Cooper Lega is not winning this game. No, I don't think Jordan Love would have won this game. <laughs> I mean, this is we were beat. We were not just beat at the quarterback position. Um, we were beat all up and down the field all night long. Yeah. Um, this was not 
solely a quarterback issue. It, there is a massive issue at the quarterback position. I think we, um, the turno- I think the we are turnovers are really high bad. On, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're both high on Hillstead. There are issues all up and down this team. Yeah. Um, but yes, as you're, as you're mentioning the, the offensive line, something's got to, something's got to change with this. Something's got to, you know, you've got to figure something out at times. You've, you've been able to use running backs and tight ends as extra protection. I, I don't know why that's not. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know so what's going I, on. I, I have... again, I'm not the coach, but there's, there's issues here. Yeah, so I, I have some insight on that because I pulled numbers on this and I went back and watched it. Um, what happened there is, so so basically Utah State didn't have that in this game. They, they really didn't have guys left in to help block. Um, I think it was like three pass blocking reps. I'm going off of memory here. I think it was three for Booth, two for Briggs, and then I think two for Brock Lane. Um, which has not been the norm. He has been used Blaine pretty, needs yeah, more. pretty yeah, heavily he as a more. as a pass blocker. A the yeah. problem here, and this is why I, I think that the 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 frustration with and even frustration is probably under saying the, the vitriol towards McKay Hillstead and, and the the idea that Cooper Lega would fix everything that is that is that was wrong here. The the problem here and the reason that Utah State didn't leave those extra blockers in is San Jose State blitzed. This is per PFF, which is not perfect, but usually its snap counts are right. San Jose State blitzed, like sent more than four guys, four times in this game. Four times. That's it. There were a lot more dropbacks than four. So it's a numbers yeah. problem. San Jose State yeah. was getting getting pressure consistently, consistently getting pressure with four guys. And you can't... That mean, that That means it implies... They have seven guys in coverage. They have seven guys back there, usually in a zone. There's not a lot of field left at that point. Seven yeah. guys is a lot. That's a heavy coverage. It, it's, it's you know, rushing four on every play is not standard. There's usually there's usually going to be well, a blitz every now Utah and then. Against Utah State, it is. <laughs> against it's, Utah State, apparently it is. It's going it to is. be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if this and, is... And that's to my point. Jordan Love wouldn't win this game. Like, boy, could he thread a needle. That dude yeah. could throw it. You know, he could throw a dart. Yeah. Um, But you, I mean, you're throwing into, you got seven guys back there. Yeah. There's no one to throw. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And and so when you are, when you're facing that, when you're facing a four-man rush, the idea of having to also leave a tight end back there or leave a running back there is on its face offensive to an offensive coordinator because you have five blockers. Yes. Five is more <laughs> than four. You have enough to do this. You shouldn't. It shouldn't be a problem. You have five guys who are really big whose job is just to stay in front of four guys. That's enough. You have a numbers advantage that is, is favorable. Um, and the, the time that you leave an extra guy in is when you're facing extra pressure is when you're facing more bodies that you can't cover up. If you can't block five, if you can't block four with five, you can't do anything because if you're throwing into a seven man coverage with three receivers, because you have two guys in the backfield, we've talked all the time about how good these three receivers are and how you can do that. It does not work if they're sending four and you can't block them with five. Because if there are seven defenders, you need five receivers. Somebody's gonna, Nobody's going to be open if you have three receivers against a seven-man backfield. It's just not going to happen. There's not enough room to work. You can't yeah. set up anything yeah, when you're doing that. And so I, I think that I, I, I understand why Utah State wasn't leaving extra guys in. 
because if you have to leave extra guys in against four, you've already lost. You have already lost yeah, the game at yeah, that point. Yeah. And Utah State up front just couldn't block four guys. And these are not like four amazing guys. We talked about in the in the preview, their pass rush hasn't been as good this year as it has been in the past. It's not really even been all that close. And in this game, it was just a massive, constant problem for this offensive line to pick up four against five. And you're not going to win any football games when you have that problem. It is dead on arrival for an offense at that point. You can't run, you can't pass, you can't do anything. Utah State couldn't run against light boxes because it couldn't block light boxes. It couldn't pass because it couldn't (laughs) pick up four guys. You can't do anything when your offensive line is a non-factor in a football game. And Yeah, it it affects both parts of your offense you're not able to pass you're not able to rush you can't like you like can't, when, you can't when, put the ball in the air there's too many guys in coverage you can't run the ball because there's no gaps yeah and, and, and they don't respect the run so they drop back in coverage more it's yeah the dog the horrible cycle to be in yeah the, the tail wags the dog with this and, and and blake alluded to this and outright i mean he was not happy with the offensive line after the game and you could tell um this was as close as as he will get to specifically calling out a unit for being awful during a game um he doesn't usually do that but he talked a lot about that they just were beaten badly on the front on on both sides of the ball and i think that's true um, he also yeah. talked about, he, yeah. he uses, we talk about the coach speak code. He used the word rhythm a lot on offense, that they couldn't get into a rhythm. That means that they couldn't block. That is what that means. That is yep. what not That's being another... able to get into a rhythm means. It means you can't call your good plays because none of your good plays work when you can't block four guys. Football is very simple sometimes. If yeah. you can't block yeah. four, you have lost. And yeah. personnel-wise, I, I I don't I really really don't like to pick on specific guys I I do my best to avoid it these are college kids I I, I get yeah. it yep. um yep. and there are some guys on the offensive line I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a I'm gonna start with the positive here there are some guys who I think are developing really really nicely um, Wyatt Bowles I've been impressed with I've been really impressed yep. with Wyatt Bowles I think that um, Alawa Ee Maui has has handled the role that he's in really well he played center here again. He has been cast into a difficult situation. I think he's done well in that situation. Um, there were, you know, there were moments from both of those guys that I thought were good. I think Bowles is a really good pass blocker. I've been very impressed with him. He's strong. He's stout. He's hard to get past. I think he's a good player. And somebody at tackle who I've been really impressed with only took 16 snaps here. I thought it was his best game. Calvin Knapp. I'd like to see more of him. He's he's quick and he he just he has the the mobility to stay in front. I don't know that he has the size. He's not one of the bigger guys on the line. Um, I don't know if he has the size to hold up against like a top tier edge rusher. There weren't any of those <laughs> in this game and he yeah, handled himself yeah. really well. I think he's a, I think he's a very capable tackle. I would like to see more of him. Um, I say all of this and, and there are other guys who were coming back from injury and I, I get it, you know, they're, they're, they're dinged up. Cole Motes, I think was dinged up and playing through some injury stuff. Teague Anderson yeah, played only yeah. a little bit. Tavo Motuapuaka played only a little bit. It, it is what it is. Um, the guy on this line who we have talked about before as being a question mark, we mentioned him earlier with the holding and it, it is the point where I have to, I, I, I just have to say it because I would not be doing my job if I didn't. Ralph Frias is not playable. He's just not. He's not playable, and, and I, I get it. You know, it's it's he's coming back from injury. He doesn't have a ton of college experience. He is not quick enough to play tackle. He can't stay in front of guys, and it was an issue all game long. It was an issue all game long. It's been an issue all season long. He's not playable. I don't know what they are seeing there 
that makes them think that they need to keep tossing this guy out there because he's never done anything productive in pass blocking. He's a pretty good run blocker because he's really big, but he's not a, he's not an FBS football player, man. He's just not. And they're not putting him in a good position by throwing him out there constantly. He's certainly not a left tackle. I just I don't know what I don't know what the idea is here. They're ramming their heads against the wall with this. Just put Calvin Knapp out there. He's been fine. Just just be happy with fine. This guy is not you don't have the time or the 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 you know the margins to just be trying to bring this guy along. It's game 8. He's not going to do it. It's it's time to call it on the Ralph Frias experiment. He's not he's just not there. And maybe yeah. with an off season of development yeah. And time in the weight room, he can get there. He's not there right now, and I it is they are they are hurting themselves by doing this. They are putting four on four out there when he's out there because he's not effective. Yeah, they're seeing something that we're not. That's great. I like that they're seeing something. I like that they see potential in the guy. Yeah, um, that's Man. great. That's that's a coaching staff's job. It's not our job to be at practice. We're not allowed to practice. Yeah. Um, so that's great that they're seeing. They better see more than we see. <laughs> they're with these kids 24-7. They see them all day at practice. If they don't see something that we don't, uh, they're not doing their job. Yeah. But uh, week eight is not the time for developing a guy like this. I mean, yeah. he is – yeah, he, he he's shown that he probably maybe, – maybe there's something there. Maybe he has potential. Maybe, as you say, after a, you know offseason in the weight room, he yeah. can get to where he needs to be. But right now I do think there's a better option – and and, and, and I I appreciate uh, yeah. I appreciate that there is a there's a factor to this that is largely unsaid, which is that Ralph Frias is a Power Five transfer, and that Utah State would like to continue getting Power Five transfers, and that Calvin Knapp came yeah. from a JUCO. Yeah. I get it. I understand that there is a there's a politics to recruiting and to playing players, and that it becomes harder to sell your program to power five to future power five players when other teams can point to look at this guy who came in from Arizona state and who they bench for a Juco guy. I get it. Your job is not that your job is to win games. And if you win games, it becomes a lot easier to win on the recruiting trail. The winning games thing is the first job. It's not recruiting. It's not appeasing just, you know, your, your new faces, your transfers, your big wins in the off season. Sometimes you miss. Sometimes a guy isn't who you think he is. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. It just it just yeah. is. He's not there. Yeah, you're, just... you're giving up too many sacks to to justify an experiment. You can you can experiment, you can play with things, you can move things around when you are protecting your quarterback, keeping yeah. him upright, um, keeping him out of pressure, keeping him away from being rushed uh, and hurried and winning games. Uh this is time. Yeah. As we've said and we'll continue to say kind of as we you know, get into the wrap up the show. Yeah. Um, you're, you're no longer in experimenting mode. You're in win, win now mode eight weeks in with a record of three and five. Suddenly not only is the conference title out of the question, but (laughs) full eligibility is suddenly a question mark and in the air, it is not time to experiment, to sacrifice. It is you you're in win now mode and you, you better start winning games. This is yeah. a game you should have won. You needed to win this game. You didn't do it. You put yourself behind the eight ball. You don't get the luxury of not playing your best players anymore. You don't. You don't get that. You don't get to experiment anymore. You got to. Yeah. You got to move on and win games. Find five guys and stick with them. I'm. I'm sick. I'm sick of seeing nine offensive linemen yeah. on the field during a game. You got to pick five and go with it. And yeah. you got to give Cooper Bissett, the offensive line coach, the liberty to do that. 
You just yep. pick five and set them. Uh, pick your five that you like, and let's do it. But the 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 playing around with it, and, and I get there's been injuries. I get that. Just pick your guys and go. It's, and if there's an injury, then slot somebody else damaging. in. Damaging. Yep, yep. It's just as damaging, just less visible than doing the same thing at the quarterback position. Yeah. And, We've and, seen all year. We've seen for years, actually. Ever since Blake got here, Yeah, uh, there's been kind of a musical chairs at the quarterback position. When there, when there's not stability, stability at the quarterback position, it's a disaster. It's just more visible. This is yep. the same thing. When there's no stability up front, it's a disaster. You just don't see it as much. Yeah, you, um, you don't the, see it this, as much. This line's and, a disaster. And yep. something else that I, I – the last thing I'm going to say about the line is uh, related to the quarterback position – if you are a if you're a quarterback guru, if you're an offensive minded head coach as Blake Anderson is, that's his job, that's his resume. Yeah. Um, and you have a freshman quarterback, a true freshman quarterback who you feel this good about that you that you would slot him in over a senior, over an incumbent senior. You obviously like the guy quite a bit and think he could be a really good player and think he is a really good player. You are you are not taking seriously his development when you put him in danger like this by by making these personnel decisions up front. You yep. are you're 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 hampering him. You're hampering him. You're making it harder on him for no reason. This is a very 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 crucial time in a young guy's development, especially at quarterback. It is That's extremely important that you keep him upright and keep him confident and give him the best situation to go out there and succeed. If you believe in this guy, you need to do it. And experimenting, toying around with the offensive line in week eight, when you have a guy in his first game back from a concussion, it is not, you just, it's not acceptable. It's just not, you, you need it's to borderline be, irresponsible. You have to put your five best guys out there. I get that you want this guy to be something, but he's not. And it is, it, if Calvin Knapp is doing a better job of keeping that freshman quarterback that is so precious to this program upright, he's yeah, the one yeah. who has to be out there. He has to be out there. There's no reason for him not to be. It is too late in the year. It is too important a time to be doing this. There, it is. It is not taking seriously the situation at hand. Yeah, football is a very physical game. It's a violent game uh, by design. You know, that's why. We, that's why we all love it. Yeah. Um, guys get hurt. Guys get hit all the time. But very, very often when guys get injured, especially serious injuries, it's because somebody didn't do their job, whether it's a coach or a player. Yeah. You know, that that, that might be a player playing dirty, which is clearly outside of his his job description. Yeah. It might be a player missing a block or whatever. In this case, it's, you know, hopefully you're you're obviously hoping that McKay doesn't get hurt, but he already has had an injury this year. And it might be you you could make the argument that it is partially due to the fact that the coaching staff is not doing their job in putting up an offensive line that can protect them and yeah. a game plan that, that does so. Yeah. Um, injuries happen a lot more often when guys aren't doing their job on the sidelines. Yeah. If you, you, gotta protect if, this guy. you if, have to protect this guy, if you had a million dollars and you decided to store it within your bed, you wouldn't leave your front door unlocked. It just, <laughs> it doesn't make any, you wouldn't do it. It's a bad idea. You would protect yeah. your investment and, and just, you'd put it in a bank. You, you would yeah. protect it. You would try to keep it safe. If you cared about it, you would do that. And yeah, McKay Hillstead like, is that million dollars. Yeah. Like, or at it, least that's what Blake is seeing. Yeah. So do it, protect it, put, put him in the best position to succeed. I, I don't know what we're doing yeah. here at this point. Yep. And, and the, the, the rest of the game, I think probably goes pretty fast here as we talk about it, because it did go pretty fast in, in, in game time. <laughs> Um, Not that, fast enough. yeah, that, that drive stalls out with the holding and, and <laughs> against the aforementioned player. I really don't, I, Ralph is, is almost certainly just a, a very nice man. And I really don't want to 
cast aspersions on him as anything other than a football player. He's a kid. I I I feel bad even doing it. It is just it's it's apparent, and it's our job to analyze the games. I I, I really don't want to. I don't want to slander the guy or anything. But he did not have a good game, and he hasn't had good games all right. season. And um, I'll also add to that. He he's a talented dude. He was great at Arizona State. Um, he's just for whatever reason he's in a funk. Has been uh, pretty much. Uh, for his entire time at Utah State, um, I can't speak to his character, obviously. But yeah. as a player, I, I, I don't dislike him. I don't think he's incapable. Um, he's just having a rough time right now, and I think, as we did mention, uh, it's more on the coaching staff than him. Yeah. Anyway, so so just, San just, Jose, uh, yeah, yeah. So San Jose State answers that uh, that drive stalling out with a long touchdown drive, six minutes, seventy three yeah. yards, and twelve plays. Um, I have not gone back and charted all those plays. I'd guess there's probably a lot of split zone in there. I'm not going to dive back into that, but I would assume they probably ran a decent amount of split zone. Um, Utah State comes back out. This is the big controversial call here. Uh, trailing 21-14 with 627 to play in the third quarter. You get uh, first down incompletion. It was a, it, this was another throw putting the ball in danger. This was very, very nearly intercepted, if memory serves, pass to... Uh, to Terrell Vaughn. I think this was the one that just went over everybody's head um, on the run. If I'm remembering all my, my throws correctly. Um, it wasn't good. It, it was, it was an incompletion. It was one of the incompletions that was pretty ugly. Second down, Robert Briggs, nice run, nine yards, uh, third down stuffed at the line, never going anywhere. And then fourth down from your own 34 trailing by seven in the middle of the third quarter. Uh, they dial up a, a swing pass to Terrell Vaughn that went in the wrong direction Never really looked like it was going to work. Um, I understand. Here's where I come down on this. I understand the decision to go for it in this situation. Blake talked about it after the game unprompted, said after the long touchdown, basically said after the long touchdown drive, we really didn't want to put the defense right back out onto the field with a three and out and a punt. Um, We thought we could convert on fourth and one. Uh, you know, if, if you, the idea basically in football is, is always, if you can't get one yard, you didn't deserve to win anyway. I think that would probably apply here. Um, but I I think the decision, I get it. I understand where they're coming from. I don't know that I would, I, I don't know what I would do. I'm not, I'm not there. I don't really have the authority to say that. I get it. I understand where he's coming from. I think you can come down on, on come down on it on either side. It's a lot easier with the the you know the the context of knowing that they didn't get it. I understand where he's coming from. I hate the play call. I absolutely hate the play call. I think it was a. I, I don't know too. why you would yeah. do it. I really, really don't. The quarterback dive with the halfback insert has worked every time they've done it. You needed one yard. Uh, a swing pass is not the way to do that. And I get that the line was struggling. Just it's a yard and you're probably not going to have a better chance of getting yeah. it on the perimeter than you will by running it right up the middle. Uh, if you're going to go for it, you have to trust somebody. I yeah. know the line has struggled, but do you trust the line to figure out how to get one yard or do you want to throw basically a backwards pass yeah. and force and, and, and something 15 yard run Yeah, for when you need a yard. And something I do want to add to this, I have not, and I might just be misremembering, I've not seen Utah State run that specific play a single time this season. I do not remember seeing a swing route that was designed like that for a wide receiver once this year. Why are you this deep in the playbook for fourth and one? Just call one of your plays that you know how to do. It was They didn't yeah, just, execute it the right yeah. way because they've never run it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
One yard. One yard. One yard. You it doesn't have. It doesn't have to be crazy to get a yard. The, yeah, it, it, it's and this was something I saw a lot in in college football this week is like two point conversion tries where you're doing a double pass. Too much. Too much. Yep. Just way. Yeah. Just run a play that that you know you can do. It's not. If you have to run a trick play for one yard, don't go for it. Yeah, don't go, don't for, go it. for it. Punt it. Just don't, punt it away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just punt it away. You you if if you're looking at the double pass on fourth and one, you don't think you're gonna get it. The 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 trick play is not something you rely on to move the chains it's just and, and this was not a trick play but it was very different than everything else that they had done and everything else they have done and it didn't work i think for exactly that reason san jose state was all yeah. over it um and then san jose state drives down again marches down a short field and, and puts the ball in the end zone no real trouble in doing that short field can't really blame the defense a ton for that really bad situation defense you know right back out onto the field exactly what the offense didn't want um, and, uh, and basically the game's over at that point. It's a, it's a 14 point lead. Utah state's next drive stalls out on a sack. Um, San Jose state doesn't get anything going. Utah state comes out. You have that second interception with the, it looked like a, a pretty severe miscommunication between Hillstead and Jalen Royals. I don't know what happened there specifically who it falls on. I'm, I would put it equally on, on all involved parties. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd say both. <laughs> yeah. Royals was not, ugly. yeah. Royals was not running the route that Hillstead was throwing. That can happen by any number of reasons. Um, I, it, you still can't throw that ball. I think he was pressing at this point, which is understandable because they were down by 14 with 11 minutes left and he's a freshman and <laughs> you got to, you got to keep him calm in that moment. And I don't really think that they did. And then San Jose state drives down real quick and scores again from the, uh, from another short field and, and Utah state gets a touchdown on the board and <laughs> weirdly looks pretty good doing it on the drive, but the game was over at this point in San Jose state eventually finishes it off with one more touchdown and puts the finishing touches on a 42-21 victory. Um, ugly, 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 and a lot to be, I think, really concerned about from this game for, for Utah State, everything that we have talked about above. But for me, I think the, the, the biggest thing, the biggest concern is just the lack of preparedness and the, the sense that Utah State was not ready for this game. I don't know how yeah. that happens. Yeah. I really don't. No, not in week eight with uh, coaching and staff with this much experience. It's very, very disappointing. Very, very embarrassing. Yeah, we mentioned it. It's you it can't happen. It can't happen in week one. It's week eight, and it's happening. I'm very curious to see how they use this bye week. You know, maybe if they yeah, have 14 days to prepare. They can, they can do what they need to be doing in seven. Um, but not not an acceptable level of preparation from this coaching staff. I I hesitate to put any more blame on the players than we already have. Yeah. Um, this was very, very poor coaching from start to finish. We've seen poor coaching um I think throughout the season. Again, I'm I'm I like Blake. I yeah. want to see more of him before I make a drastic decision about what I want his future to look like. I will leave it at that. Yeah. Um but it, poor coaching, very, very poor coaching. Um, you're not seeing the improvement that you need to see, and you're moving backwards in a lot of ways in a lot of positions. You can't have that in week eight. You cannot yep. have that. If you want to be a winning football team, if you want to be bowl eligible, you can't be moving backwards in week eight. That's yep. a great way to win three games, four games in a season. Yeah. Uh, Utah State has some things to figure out in the in the long break. Yeah, and I think that the, the frustration with – the coaching in general with the the preparedness of the program with the way that it operates and has operated these last two years is well-founded. I get it. 
I get it. I, 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 we'll talk about it more, but it's justified. Yep, it's, I get it. I, I understand. I, get it. I understand the frustration. I'm not, you know, the most extreme of the situation. I think is probably still a little bit too extreme <laughs> at this yeah. point. I think people know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Because it's because it's year three, and he's gone to two bowl games and won a Mountain West title. But uh, the frustration is totally fair. It is, and there is there is a lot of thing. There's a lot of cause for concern and a call co- and cause for criticism and. Uh, we have leveled plenty of that here, and I hope that this is, in some way, for 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 Utah State fans listening, you know, cathartic. Um, it's you are more than you're you're more than allowed to be frustrated, and I know you don't need my permission to to tell you that. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of reasons to be frustrated. Permission to be upset. Yeah, there's you Anderson are not and his coaching staff. You're not crazy for for being frustrated with this. Um, it, it's it's been a lot of the same things. And this was really kind of a, um, this was a, a disaster where everything boils over all at once. Um, the, the last real thing is, is where this goes. You mentioned the bye week They have San Diego state out of the bye week at San Diego state. And then um, Nevada at home, Boise state at home, and then at New Mexico to close the season. Utah State needs three wins to get to a bowl game. There are, I think, probably three of the four worst teams in the conference left on the schedule. In theory, if everything was even, you could very easily see that happening. Obviously, right now, the, the mood around the team is not good. Um, and there are there's reason to be very concerned about where they go after this. And, and the reaction to a game like this within a locker room, this can be a really... This is the kind of loss that can really, really hurt a team long term and that can fracture whatever you have. Um, it, it just is. I'm not, you know, yeah. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn there. This is a really hard loss to take. It's, it was a they were physically beaten off the field by a lesser opponent. They just were. And it was never really it was never really any other way. Um, and the response to that is going to determine where this team goes moving forward. They get, it's a good time for the bye week. I think that maybe last week would have been an even better time for the bye week, but, um, basically took one. Yeah, they basically took one. So they get three (laughs) weeks to prepare for San Diego state. Hopefully they are ready for an offense that does not do anything. Um, it shouldn't be that hard to prepare for them. They don't do anything. Three weeks to prepare for Brady hoax Aztecs. Let's go. Finally, we, we, we feel like we're ready to go against a team that does do anything um but uh literally anything yeah just pretty much pretty much nothing at all but um there there are two ways that it can go and it's going to depend i think probably almost entirely on the culture of the locker room and the players and where they take this it is it is a that's the kind of thing where you need your players to to lead the way and i think that utah state has the guys who can do that they have done it before i have I don't know how, how to best word this. I have a lot more faith. I'll just say it. I have a lot more faith in the players doing it than I do in the coaches doing it. And I think that the players deserve your, your deserve at least some of your confidence at this point that they will respond the right way and and overcome a really difficult circumstance and can still come out of this. A bowl team can still come out of this with a season that when you look back in 20 years, you say, oh, yeah, they went seven and five that year. That was fun. Um, and you don't really yeah. think about it anywhere beyond that. And you don't remember all of the hardship of the season. Um, it's it's fine. And that would be yeah. that would be a really good way to respond to this. That would be the best case scenario, obviously, is you go, yes. you get to a bowl yes. game. You live to play another down. You build something moving forward. You have a culture that you think you can believe in. That is still on the table. The Mountain West is not on the table. The Mountain West is 
in a different room entirely. Um, uh, yeah, that's gone. That's not gone. happening. It's but gone. but there are winnable games. It's a very winnable last month of the season. They got their, I think, probably their four, save for UConn and Idaho State, uh, probably their four easiest games. I guess Boise State, you could say, isn't that, but I wouldn't say that. I would say Boise State's right up there. Um, but yeah. there's plenty that Utah State can still accomplish here. Uh, accomplish here this season. It's just it's going to come down to how they respond, and there's just no way yeah. to predict it or no at this point. I think it could go. It could very easily, and you could talk it's, yourself into anything. going either way. Yeah, yeah, it's anything. The season's on the line. A lot is on the line. This is a team that has a strong tradition of winning. Um, this team does not miss very many bowl games. That's a we've talked about it uh, in the Q and A show actually. You know, last month. Um, this is a program that's still in its infancy of being successful, um, but it is a team that nonetheless expects to go bowling. That is on the line here in the next four games. Um, I think say what you will about the coaching staff. I think there are plenty of negatives and plenty of frustrations with the coaching staff right now, but the team has some really really good leaders in the locker room. Um, we've gone almost the sh- whole show without mentioning Ike Larson. So here's a great chance to give him a shout out. Um, he's, he's a great leader. Uh, there's guys on the offense and the defense, uh, and JTPC on the defense as well. Yeah. Great leader. Um, this team is led by strong players and I have a lot of confidence in them yep. to turn this around. Yeah. Uh, I hope I'm right and we will see, but it's, this is a good talented team led by good players. Yep. And it's, it's, um, you know, fair or not, it is it is on them, and and I I think they deserve at least probably some faith in, in their ability to do that. They have done it before, um, they have bounced back before. I think that there's reason to to have that that faith. I think there's reason to think that some of the guys who maybe even haven't been you know talked about a ton could be could be stepping up and 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 could be taking this week as an opportunity to be louder and to be more vocal as as leaders this is the kind of situation that can galvanize a team it can there's a positive there there's a possible there's a path out of this that is not just losing every game left on the schedule there's also a path out of this that is losing every game on the schedule where the team falls apart and everybody just kind of you know the loss is too much and and it's it's they can't see the the you know the 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 larger possibility and and that that happens and i it's it's you can understand both sides, and obviously, I think Utah State fans are, are for one, you know, for good reason, hoping that it is not one way, that it is the other way. But it could be either way, and I don't think we can predict it right now. Um, is what it is. Weird circumstances, very, very weird time, very, very difficult time for uh, for Utah State football, and and it needs its uh, needs its guys, I think, to pull through for them. And we'll see if they can do it. We'll see them back on the field on November fourth. Um, Parker, real quick, talk about the Mountain West because there are some very funny results this week in the Mountain West. Oh boy, there, yeah, this was a fun, fun week outside of the Utah State game. So UNLV beats Colorado State on a last-minute field goal, twenty-five to twenty-three. UNLV keeps their perfect conference record alive; their one last season alive. The Reds are (laughs) they're legit. They are awesome this year yeah and they they did it in a very strange way it was a really good game from uh from quarter i don't know how to say his name i haven't learned it yet Jaden mayava i think is how you say it um he had a really good game he he played really really well 
Um, they they passed the ball pretty well. They didn't run the ball super well. And the, the big issue here and the reason it was so close and that they had to kick a game-winning field goal is that they could not put the ball in the end zone for the life of them. They had one touchdown on the game. Um, I have to shout out kicker here. He made the game-winning kick. Uh, Jose Pisano, he had in this game six field goals. He was six for six. <laughs> he scored. <laughs> he scored. Lights out. He scored an unbelievable number of points for them. I think he had 19 of their 25 points in this game. <laughs> uh, the superstar. What an amazing performance from a kicker. That's, That's awesome. Player of the week, baby. That is <laughs> nice. That is That's nice. awesome. Uh, that, that, uh, there, there are quarterbacks and running backs and receivers that don't end up with 19 of their team's 25 <sighs> points. What a hero. A kicker, man. That's MVP. <laughs> That kid, I hope they carried him off the field. I, I mean, that is a, that's get get that boy some ice. Build, build a statue, baby, right there on the strip. Come on, that's amazing. That is that is amazing. Superstar, um, man, that, what a what a beautiful thing to, to college see. football's the best. Kick, kicker the goes best. out and wins the game on his own. It's him. It was just oh, him. Man. He did it. He won yeah. the game. Good for him. Shout out yeah, to that he, guy. UNLV stays perfect, as you said, in the Mountain West. Yeah. Um, on the last second field goal from apparently the best player on the field. Uh, yeah. next, maybe the conference. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I have not seen who the special teams <laughs> player of the week was in the mountain West. I have a guess. I have a guess yeah. at who the special teams player of the week it should be national special teams player of the week. Nobody's yeah. touching that kid. Global, Six field goals. Global oh, unbelievable. Global special teams player of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. Unbelievable. Shout out to him. That's, that's awesome. Um, next up here. This one is, is like uh, this is the, 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 the <laughs> I don't even know beautiful. how to talk about this. Nevada, this Nevada, Nevada gets its first win, I think, in seventeen tries. First win of the season. They're now <laughs> one and six, and they do it. Speaking of a team led by its kicker, Nevada scored six points in this game. It had two field goals, one in the first quarter, one in the second quarter, and that's all it needed because Parker San Diego State did not score six to zero. Six to this zero was, at home. They lost at home six to zero to a team this, that was winless. <laughs> this is college football and it's beautiful. Nevada goes from 0-6 to beating San Diego Sticks, San Diego State six to zero. Yeah. This is amazing. Brady Hoke's team is in shambles. Zero. The Aztecs wanted to get out of the conference this offseason because they thought they were too good for us. They just scored zero <laughs> on the worst team in the league. Like, let's be honest, uh, um, Nevada is still the worst team in the league. Maybe probably. the worst team in the country. I I mean... Uh, Nevada was carrying an FCS loss to Idaho into this game. A bad and loss. And San Diego State didn't score. Nevada scored the same number <laughs> of points in a 33-6 to loss against Idaho as it did in a win over San Diego State. Uh, it, it's wow. just, what an amazing sport. What an amazing, so, beautiful sport. College football <laughs> is where six points can either lose to Idaho By 30. or embarrass the Aztecs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, six points, man. Wow. Six points. San Diego State puts up zero on a defense that before this allowed 45, 27, 35, 31, 33, and 66. Zero. Zero points. Um, Jalen Maiden, six of 14 for 47 yards. They were 0 for 10 on third down, 1 for 3 on fourth down. They did not score. They had the chance to score near the end of the game. Um, drove, 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 drove a, a decent way down the field. I'm trying to pull up the actual 
specifics of that drive. Um, yeah, they got down to the Nevada 24. Field goal is not going to cut it at this point because you've not scored any points yet. Um, and uh, they're down to the 24 with about two minutes left. They get first down. They're, they're, they they move the ball for one yard, second and nine, and they fumble, and the game is over. Um, unbelievable. I just just absolutely – I can't believe that they didn't – I mean – I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really like to call for guys' jobs. I don't, I don't know how Brady Hoke left the stadium as an employed man. That is, uh, the standards have fallen a little bit, I think, at San Diego yeah. State. Brendan Lewis, the winning quarterback in this game, was nine of twenty-two for ninety-eight yards. What, this what a, terrible. yeah, that's awful. What a, what um, a delight. As, <laughs> as much as I joke and say this is beautiful, my heart genuinely goes out to anyone who had to sit through this live. Yeah. I honestly feel bad for you yeah this was quite possibly the ugliest football game that has ever been played yeah there's a chance my goodness yeah this is a 1943 style football game right here this is one where they're calling it the greatest game of all time in 1931 this is the most (laughs) this is the most amazing offensive output we've ever seen on a football field this will never be topped um it just maybe yeah, we're my... just spoiled because this this probably happens every week in the big 10 yeah but this is all that in the happens Mountain in West, the big 10. This, is, yeah, this is terrible yeah. um wow what yeah. a weird wow. weird game I, I yeah we we good for the wolf pack though, yeah man. that like good for them that was what i was gonna say is like we can make fun of san diego state a lot for this and we certainly will um because you were gonna <laughs> you, you to guys come, were gonna go to the probably. pack you were gonna go to the pack 12 with this this was what you're gonna take yeah. to the pack 12 yeah have That's... you seen the pack 12 this year you guys seen like... the pack 12 have you seen the quarterbacks in the pack 12 you think you were gonna <laughs> <laughs> think you're gonna get it done in the pack 12 um that's very funny but also I'm genuinely very happy for Nevada. This is a very stupid way to do it, but they get a win. They they so badly needed it, um, and they deserved it here. They outplayed San Diego State. Yeah. San Diego State was in the Mountain West title game two years ago. Um, it could be worse. <laughs> That's what I'll say. The team, we've talked a lot about the team that they played in that title game today. It could be worse. You could be losing six to nothing to Nevada. Um, yeah. It's well, yeah. still, there's still that's time, true. but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> oh, easy. Yeah. Easy. Uh, Let's not get too excited, but yeah, we haven't done it yet. Uh, we better not do whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it could next, be worse. Next up here, another game. There's not a ton to actually talk about within this game this game uh air force 17 navy six air force i i will compliment as i frequently do the air force defense which was lights out absolutely lights out navy scored with 50 seconds left i think going into basically that last drive navy had i I believe like 12 yards of total offense on the game they they had 12 yards of total offense and like three first downs in the fourth quarter um, lights out from the from the Air Force defense. But what I what I really want to talk about here, what really stood out to me as as notable, um, Troy Calhoun with the yep, with yep. with the just the old man shenanigans that this guy yeah. is able to pull one of the i i think truly the only successful instance of this i have ever seen in college football of a Very coach possibly doing the switcheroo the most successful yeah. like like because usually what they do when you're when you're working with like an injured quarterback or a big injury is that they play coy they're like oh well you know it could be him it could be somebody else troy calhoun yeah. we're no, evaluating whatever, yeah troy whatever. calhoun no patience for that didn't think there was any need to do it. You don't have to file an official an official injury report in college football. He comes out on Monday or whenever he does his weekly press conference and says, quarterback Zach Larrier, starting quarterback, guy who's been there all year, he's out for a while. 
I believe was the quote. He's out for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, likely out for a while was the <laughs> exact quote. Um, oh, boy, did he have us going. And just, he, he, he just, I, I bit. He just I said he was it. out. He said he was yeah. out. There were articles about him, him being out. Everybody in the world assumed he was going to be out because Hope Troy Calhoun said and it. Sinker. He said, yeah, he's he out. He's not playing. All. He's not playing. Jensen Jones is the starting quarterback. And then what do I see when I turn this game on at noon and Air Force's offense is on the field, but number nine at quarterback? Zach Leary, <laughs> you're playing in the game. He played the whole game. This, this is the type <laughs> of SB or the, uh, yeah. This is what I want to see from the United uh, States Air Force. This uh, is the type of misdirection that I hope my Air Force is capable of at any given moment and at, at time. And the, this was beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it is well known in the – just in – I think in the coaching community, but also just in general, that Navy and Army do not like Air Force at all for things like this. They do not like yeah. – like th- there's there is a different level of respect – that those two have for each other, and they have none for Air Force. Um, they don't yeah. like Air Which Force. Which is funny because like, Air Force is like the yeah, they're, they're the like best. The one. little brother they're... of that rivalry, <laughs> but they're the little brother who like they win. started their own company and has all this yeah. money and drives a cool car. Yeah, um, the Air Force is way better than both those teams. Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah, always, and, and has been for for several years. And Troy Calhoun has built a better program and and all of this stuff. But they don't like him because of things like this because he's wily. He he likes to he's yeah. he's. From what I have gathered, he's very nasty on the recruiting trail when recruiting again, you know, re- recruiting against those two programs. The restrictions are a little bit lighter at Air Force. He plays into all of that. He is a trickster. That's his thing. Um, I love this. I absolutely love this. this. Is awesome. There is this nothing is so that funny. says that you have to play fair. There's nothing at all that says that you have to say who your starting quarterback is, or even that you just can't outright lie about it. There's no rule that yeah. says you can't yeah, do it. This was not. It's a rivalry <laughs> game. Do what you got to do. Area. This was nothing. This was yeah. a lie. This yeah, was not lied. him withholding information. <laughs> he told us he was out, he lied. and he was not. <laughs> he lied through his teeth. He got he up there lied. at the weekly press conference and he just lied. <laughs> <laughs> he just got up there and just told just oh. so total lies. He, oh. he knew it wasn't true at the time <laughs> and he did not care and he just lied. It was <laughs> awesome. This is so fun. Uh, uh, by the way, Air Force deserves to go undefeated and play in the New Year's. Absolutely. This is the best Air Force they're, team I've ever seen. They're, they are so good. They're going to rip some Power 5 team's arms off. They're going to do something so oh, nasty. <laughs> I just, I want to see it so bad. I just, I, oh, I so man. desperately... I need Air Force versus Ohio State in a New Year's Six game. I need it. I need it. Oh, perfect. It, it's it's a rivalry game. I thought you wanted to win. Navy, if you didn't if you wanted to win the game, you would have lied to. Troy Calhoun yeah. is a competitor. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, next week but before the army game, Troy Calhoun's gonna Yeah, you know what? All of our players, it's so crazy. All of them. Yeah. They're not playing. They're not they're, <laughs> they're not. all injured. We lost them. We just can't find them. They're gone. We can't find them. We don't them. know where they went. <laughs> The Air Force lost a jet a couple weeks ago. That's a believable lie. Yeah, they're all just gone. They're just not here anymore. I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do. They're just not here. We're gonna have to play with a bunch of walk-ons. We just went out into the into the you know the quad and we just found some guys who had you know middle school playing experience. I don't know. We're gonna have to try and figure some stuff out. Uh, yeah, just uh, I mean tuning in to see Zach Larry. <sighs> Oh man! Out of the tunnel. I, oh I was gosh. I was losing my mind watching the live broadcast when I realized it was him. I said, like, "Wait, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> that, 
that. Yeah, I, that's Zach Larrier. And it was it was the same thought process for me. It was like, hey, wait a second, he's out. And then yeah. I like slowly put it together. I'm like, wait a oh. second. <laughs> Troy Calhoun doesn't have to tell the truth. I've been played. I see. I've been played. I'm like that nasty old oh, man. He got man. me. I, that is so. Oh that's I, I. You have to. You, I just tip the cap. You have to. It perfectly executed. Oh, yeah. No just notes, completely. wonderful. Good I, for him. I just cannot wait to see where that season ends. But yeah, Ohio State, Oregon, Oklahoma, oh, any man. of those teams who's watching Air Force just embarrass Oregon yeah. in a New Year's Six. Oh my gosh, like uh, Penn State. Oh, it'd be so much fun. I, I, I wish I wish USC wasn't devastatingly bad because I would love to see Air Force do this to USC, but USC's not yeah. getting to a New Year's Six yeah. game. You, you, USC already, yeah, Utah already did that to USC. Yeah. Um, oh man but man that would have been fun maybe utah utah air force would actually be oh utah would love that utah would be so happy about that oh like like oh yeah like pigs in mud yeah (laughs) this this is great kyle whittingham and and troy calhoun fellow travelers those two i think would get along swimmingly i'm sure they're friends um well they did the same thing i mean i like Cam Rising listed as likely or yeah. probable for the Florida game, and then eight weeks later, oh yeah, he's not gonna play. Yeah, he's co- not playing. Coming out after beating <laughs> USC and saying that he's out for the season—that is, it's, it's the amazing. exact opposite. It's, that yeah. is the exact opposite of what Troy Calhoun did. He's like, oh yeah, he, he's he's day to day, day to day, and then yeah. oh no, oh Cam, who's that? No, he's yeah. gone. He's redshirted. He's been redshirted. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not even on yeah. campus. <laughs> Yeah, he, he moved back with his parents. He's taking the year off. <laughs> oh, man. I love this sport. Last one here. I have nothing really to say about this. New Mexico 42, Hawaii 21. Good win for New Mexico. Yeah, um, yeah good job, Lobos. Yep, yeah, yeah, good win. Um, I think that's all we got First here. First conference win of the season, so good for them. Yeah. Yep. Yep, good for them. Big win. Hawaii disappointing. Um, but uh yeah, yeah they're tough, still tough they're, they're working through some stuff. Um I think yeah. that's all we have here. We finish on a jovial note, thankfully. If you made it this far into the podcast, you get to enjoy us having some fun um <laughs> here in the at the Mountain West's expense. Um and, and with some benefit from the Mountain West as well. It helps us along in this. Uh Parker, you have anything else? Nope, that's all I got. All right, we will talk to you all. Oh, we actually won't talk to you all on the preview show. I just realized there's nothing to preview. We'll talk to you all um, sometime soon, probably on a Q&A show the next time you hear from us. Uh, so if you're a $10 tier subscriber, be on the lookout for that. If not, um, maybe some basketball content coming soon. Uh, just I would assume there's basketball coming soon. <laughs> there's going to be some basketball yep. to talk about. Yep. So we will talk to you all then.